Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Welcome back to Halloween Week 2 on Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and joining me, as always... Kyra Hawkins. Welcome back, Kyra. We got a good one for tonight, one that both of us have actually loved. I almost howled like a wolf, but then I thought, that might be weird. Well, eh, well... We'll, we'll get we'll get into why or why not because I don't think he actually did during the entire episode, did he? Even after he transformed. No, I don't think so. I feel like it was a solid decision not to howl. <laughs> so, for those of you who have no idea what in the world we are talking about, this episode is being released the week after Halloween because Disney Plus decided to put a brand new. Marvel Cinematic Universe movie special entitled Werewolf by Night out. It is 53 minutes of, well, 51 minutes of black and white. And at the very end, it turns into color as you hear what a, is it Somewhere Over the Rainbow that plays? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So you get a Wizard of Oz moment that I thought was amazing, but I am getting way ahead of schedule on this. This thing just came out, so obviously neither of us had watched it before it actually hit. Kyra may be doing the lion's share of the work on this because I've watched it less times than she has. But the plot... Of the episode, and go, and if you want to be spoiler-free, you may want to jump ahead, I'd say, ten minutes. Just to be... Actually, I'd say five minutes, because it is three... It's three paragraphs, so five minutes should give you no spoilers. But the synopsis, which, as always, comes to us care of Wikipedia, is a little something like this. Following the death of Ulysses Bloodstone, five experienced monster hunters, including Jack Russell are summoned by Ulysses' widow, whose name Barusa, to Bloodstone Manor, where they are instructed to, comp- to participate in a competitive hunt to determine their new leader, who will, le- who will wield the powerful Bloodstone. Ulysses' estranged daughter named Elsa also arrives to compete for the Bloodstone, despite Barusa warning her against doing so. The hunt begins in a large maze on the grounds of the manor, with a captured monster that had been implanted with a bloodstone at, at the hunter's quarry. Following an encounter with Elsa, Russell finds the monster named Ted, a friend that Russell has been searching for and intending to rescue, while Elsa kills and fights one of the other hunters. Russell leaves Ted to carry out his escape plan and reunites with Elsa while she is hiding in a mausoleum. The two agree to work together to free Ted to obtain the Bloodstone. Ted kills another of the hunters, and Russell destroys the outer wall so they can escape. 
Ted flees into the forest after Elsa removes the bloodstone from him. However, the bloodstone reacts violently to Russell's touch, indicating that he is also a muscle also a monster, as Verusa and the other hunt, hunters arrive. Verusa captures Russell and Elsa, places them in a cage, and uses the bloodstone to transfer to trigger Russell's transformation into his werewolf form. Instead of killing Elsa, the werewolf breaks the cage and slaughters all the guards, only for Verusa to subdue him using the bloodstone. Elsa also escapes, kills the two remaining hunters, and stops Verusa from killing the werewolf. The werewolf attacks Elsa, but spares her upon recognizing her, and leaves the manor. A furious Verusa tries to kill Elsa, but is incinerated by Ted, who then leaves to find Russell while Elsa takes possession of the manor and the bloodstone. The next day, Russell awakens in the forest in his human form, with Ted watching over him, and is pleased to know that Elsa is safe. The end. So, there's your podcast. Good night, everybody. (laughs) We talked about it. Yeah. This made me so happy in so many different ways. I went in with a very light knowledge of Werewolf by Night, and Kyra and I had actually been talking about it off-air before we started recording, I think, two weeks ago. And I actually was under the impression that Jack Russell was actually J. Jonah Jameson's son. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Because he also turned into a werewolf in the Marvel comics and was stranded on the moon for a bit of time. So I thought that he was the werewolf. But then when they started calling Mr. Russell Jack, I put two and two together and came up with 194. Which is math at its finest. (laughs) So, like I said, I didn't know that much about the character other than just stuff that I've gotten from listening to other um, comic book podcasts. So I knew what I was going into, but I still didn't know what to expect. What was your first impression? Okay, so I am... Like, probably a casual Marvel viewer. Um, I get really excited about the movies. Um, I don't really know anything about the comics or backstories or anything beyond what we have seen on our screens. Um, I've listened to a few podcasts to help me, like, understand. But um, I, I pushed play on this, having only seen the trailer, thinking, wow, that looks really exciting and fun and cool. Um I knew nothing about the character or that it even was a character. I thought it was something new. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, I was excited to learn that I was wrong about that. But, um, like you said, this made me really happy. Like, even as a person who tends to not watch scary things or or <laughs> violent things at all, um, this really satisfied the longing for, for some of those things, but that I don't allow myself to watch because I know it would be difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but like there was that, like, it was just a super fun ride. Um, there were just like the tiniest little bit of like comic relief sprinkled in with all of this other exciting action and horror. And, um, I don't know, like it, it was just right. 
as far as my threshold for, for horror and violence. And, um, I don't know. It just, it was, it's really good. Well, now you actually had mentioned that the black and white actually made it more watchable for you. I watch (laughs) horror movies. I'm not somebody that seeks them out, but if it's, if it's playing, on game night and it's a movie that I want to watch I'll turn around like when it's not my turn and watch like five or ten minutes if this would have been a full color version instead of black and white for 98% of it do you think you would have been able to sit through it um I really well yes and no um (laughs) I, I mean okay I watch stranger things like there's quite a bit of of like blood and gore and that not an obscene amount, but I mean, if you've seen it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this was actually less, um, violent than some stranger things episodes and like less gross, I guess gross isn't the right word, bloody, but, um, having it in black and white and not having to see, um, like the, I don't know the word I'm trying to find, but like not having to see the injuries like in Mm -hmm. detail and in color made it easier for me to watch. But like, I don't have the stomach um, for stuff like that. I watch a lot of things like through my fingers or, um, you know, like I, I should, I don't have to say this, but like I am really intrigued by horror movies and like, I'm always really curious and I really want to watch them, but I just know better. Um, like it's, it just, it's not good for me, but like something like this, that is kind of more action oriented, mm-hmm. um, is a lot easier to stomach. And then uh, like having it in black and white made it, um, more watchable for me. There were a couple moments that I still kind of turned away cause I was like afraid of what I might see. Um, and the sound effects made it perfectly clear what I wasn't seeing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it was easier to watch, but there were still a couple moments that I was like, oh, my gosh, um, that first little bit of violence, like, really made me gasp. Like, it was almost like a jump scare um, where the one hunter is, like, smashing Elsa's face into, um, like, a brick wall over and mm-hmm. over. I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't – I figured there would be some violence, but that just really shocked me in a, like a surprising but satisfying way. <laughs> like, and I mean, at that point it had been established that she was one of the main characters and one of the good guys. So I wasn't really worried about her safety. That helped too. Well, but if we have learned one thing from the Marvel movies, and I know we'll discuss this more in more detail as we get closer and closer to actually starting the Marvel movies in about 10 or 15 years. You don't, especially with Endgame and Infinity War, you can't be guaranteed that just because they're a good guy, they're going to be sticking around. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know what was going to happen with Elsa. I kind of had an inkling that she was going to be okay. But since we've already had, since we already had two, um, two monsters with Ted and with Jack, I was thinking that Elsa was actually also going to be a um, a monster because the woman that was dressed in all white, she could have very easily been a wraith. 
from a Harry Potter movie mm-hmm. with her face being like so gaunt and that kind of stuff. And I know I'm jumping all I mean I'm jumping ahead but we're going to be going back and forth in the in the episode itself. So do you, do you agree that there could have actually been a third monster that could have come in? Um I mean I guess so but like um what I thought was really interesting is how quickly it reveals that the monster hunters are the monsters in this. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's a group of monster hunters that are getting together to hunt a monster and fight each other to the death if needed. Um, and just the lengths to which some of them were willing to go mm-hmm. um, to harm each other or to kill each other made me like think. Oh, in in this story, the the humans are the monsters. Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's go ahead and get and start breaking it down. And the first thing that I actually have written down is that well the bloodstone was the only thing that was actually in color for ninety eight percent of the movie, and so it started me thinking that maybe this was another gem that the bad guy in phase four is going to be going after kind of like Thanos was with all of the stones. So I didn't know if this might be like a sixth stone or something like the, like the monster stone or something like that. Yeah. I thought, um, like just from the beginning, like the very opening captured my attention. Like, I think we said this in another episode. I think it was the Groot episode um, that you don't want to sit and listen to the like Marvel hype music at the beginning. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things. It gets me so excited for what I'm about to watch. So um, as like, you know, you push play on it, that Marvel hype music starts and then it's interrupted by a scream Mm -hmm. and um the like slashing that looks like claw marks it 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 took the hype music to like another level it was like oh my gosh this is amazing and then it gives it gave the title card um it opened with like the narration um that reminded me of like like I haven't seen a lot of classic horror films, but like I'm a, I'm familiar enough <laughs> to understand um, what I'm watching. So it it made me think of of that with just the way that the title shows up, and then the narrator is telling like the backstory, like here's what you need to know for what mm-hmm. you're about to get into. Um, it just it it felt very old school classic horror movies, like the ones that are like scary but not too scary Mm -hmm. like a little campy although this didn't feel campy at all it kind of gave that vibe at the very beginning yeah and i i can't say that i've watched any of the universal horror monster movies which may make me a bad movie fan but i mean i knew that there was going to be monster hunters but didn't know what monster they were going to be hunting because i mean when you have a title of werewolf by night you're thinking automatically that the werewolf is going to be the one that's going to be hunted which Mm -hmm. i mean for the second part of the movie or the special yeah that's what happened but it wasn't until he was actually revealed to be a monster hunter in werewolf's clothing that he gets thrown in and 
then then the gore really starts amping up. Yeah. I was like, I thought that was a really fun reveal. Like when we first mm-hmm. see him, um, just kind of the markings on his face and the mm-hmm. way he's interacting with the other hunters that are there. Um, I kind of thought, I mean, you know, going in werewolf is in the title. So mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that he was the werewolf, but I liked the reveal of it. Um, I'm, you made a face, but you didn't think it was. Well, you said that you that you knew that he was the werewolf. Well, I had the... a feeling. Okay, and see, I I didn't have that feeling at all. I was thinking that that the when they were re- released on the actual monster hunt, that was where the werewolf was going to show up because I'd. I guess I hadn't put together that Jack was Jack Russell, and I was still thinking John Jameson, that werewolf instead of the instead of the horror werewolf guy. Yeah, so. I think it was just like, not like I was like, oh, he's the werewolf, but I just kind of had a feeling okay. like there's something going on with this guy, like obviously. So, um, like I don't think I was surprised at the reveal. That it was him, but um, it was really just kind of like, oh yeah, like I just like, and whatever. I I watched this and I was telling my husband about it because I watched it while he was at work one day. <laughs> I was like, you gotta watch this with me, and it's like it's scary, but it's not scary. Um, like I really think that in the opening sequence where they're the hunters are gathering in the in the room to get their instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of pans around and shows mo- like um, hunting trophies that are monsters mm-hmm. um, on the walls. And I thought some of those monsters, just the looks of them were scarier than their whole rest of the movie. Yeah. I was, I was taking in the trophy room, trying to figure out what the actual monster would be. So of course the monster is Ted. Which, now that I've actually started reading more into it, I actually put down that he looked like a Cthulhu. Which, it's an H.P. Lovecraft creature that that pretty much, he has the droopy tentacles around the mouth. But he is actually Man-Thing, which is another, like, 40, 50, 60 year old Marvel character. So, this may end up spawning sequel for years to come i welcome it i do too (laughs) um i thought the um like we see that elsa is um what's his name's daughter wow ulysses yeah sorry my brain is like um (laughs) so his daughter and his wife who like it makes clear right away like that she's the stepmom, um, mm-hmm. their banter and just like how they clearly hated each other. I thought was fun. Um, until, uh, she's like, like they reveal that his corpse is like giving oh the gosh. announcements or whatever, which was so weird. Like okay. it was, it was funny. Yeah. Let, let, let's stop and dig into that. Cause I actually put, they have a creepy automaton for Ulysses, and it was in. It harkened back to some of the older 
Disney movies that we actually watched where it was like, you know it's bad CGI, but this is a 2022 release mm-hmm. where they are intentionally making a bad um, talking person. It, it was kind of like something that you would see if you went into the Hall of Presidents, but not done that well. Because the yeah, lips the lips matched up maybe one out of every three words, and it was only because it was like a the end of a sentence or something. And I was trying to figure out what. So, obviously, he has been dead for quite some time for them to actually have his skeleton to be hooked up to whatever it took to make him function and do all the movements and his choppy ventriloquist act for lack of a better term it was like gross and creepy and weird but like so funny for some reason yeah i i actually i actually laughed at that part i was like oh my god what are they doing like when we get the reveal of the like animated corpse um the wife is like makes a comment about what a great lover he was and that Elsa's reaction to that um, made me laugh out loud. It was like, there wasn't a lot of humor in this, but the mm-hmm. humor that, that they sprinkled in was all just really good. So, basically, the person that finds the Bloodstone ends up being the new Bloodstone heir. And off screen, you hear this scream slash yell from Ted getting it implanted into his body and did they actually draw stones to see who would actually go first did i miss that part um yeah they did something i i think it was stones um i don't remember off the top of my head but yeah they established order in that way and so they head out into this shining like maze from hell for lack of a better term and somehow the I want to make sure I'm getting this right. The guy that could have actually played a Norse god ends up finding the first, or not a Norse god, but one of Thor's men. He ends up finding the first weapon, and I guess his name is Leorn. And so. It kind of surprised me that he gets the first weapon, even though Ted's been out walking the... Or not Ted. Jack's been out walking the maze for some amount of time. And then Elsa comes, and she ends up fighting with Leorn. Mm-hmm. So this is where, um, the on first watch, it really surprised me. Because, like, I understood in the exposition that they were going to be hunting a monster. Mm -hmm. I had missed, I I don't remember if it says it explicitly, I think it does, but I had missed it, that they were going to be also fighting each other. Like, Mm -hmm. I, at this point on my first watch, I thought they were just going to be hunting the monster. I didn't know they were also going to be fighting and possibly killing each other in the process. So that was like, that kind of um, upped the ante a little bit at that point mm-hmm. for me. Um, and then just the fight, all of the fight scenes really are spectacular. Yeah. Even in black and white, it's super dark. Like, there's some spots 
that because it's at night, obviously, <laughs> and then being in black and white, it it's just dark. There's there's no way around it. Um, but even with it being as dark as it was, the fight scenes were just they were exciting. Yeah, but I think that the fact that they had them be as dark as they were was so that way kids that wanted to see this wouldn't be their parents wouldn't come running into the room and grabbing them and mm -hmm. sending them off to bed when the first person gets ripped in half by Ted or by Jack. Yeah. I think also like it, it kind of calls back to those old, old movies, mm -hmm. um, you know, where I'm sure at that time, I'm, I'm not really a film buff, but I'm assuming that, um, because of their limitations in technology and special effects, like there were just things you didn't see on the screen. Mm -hmm. And they employ that here in really masterful ways, I think, in ways that keeps keeps it intense um, and in some ways makes it even more scary to not really see. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that they use that device instead of just making it like all out blood and gore. Because they could have done that too, and people would have loved it. Um, but I think it, it's better, but some people would have loved it. You know, I think it's better that we don't get to see a lot of that. It, it made it more, made it feel more intense and, um, and more scary to me. We probably would have had a special guest correspondent for this if it was in color. Yeah. <laughs> We would have done like kind of a almost like a too scary didn't watch episode where it's like, yeah. it's like okay y'all describe it to me and I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they they get away from Leorn and get into a fight with a guy that somehow has a set of hand arrows and we have a phase two moment. In Marvel Cinematic, because in every Phase 2 movie, someone loses a hand. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, and so he gets his hand chopped off by the axe that Leorn had left behind. And then Elsa shoots him, but doesn't kill him, which surprised me. Mm -hmm. uh, this part, yeah, it was... This was like one of the rougher parts, because of how he's so injured and then Leorn comes back and she's mm -hmm. like trying to keep him quiet while he's basically dying mm -hmm. on top of her. Like that was kind of hard to watch, but very intense. Cause she's, she's got him badly injured and probably dying. And then Leorn comes back and she's like, gotta keep him quiet <laughs> so that she's not found out. Oh my goodness. It was like, it made the nerves just, mm -hmm. it really built a lot of anticipation there. Yeah, that that part catapulted me to a whole nother level on the episode. Because I'm like, okay, well, are they going to find her? Is she going to end up getting killed? Is the guy that's on top of her going to bite her and then scream? What's going to happen? And so Leorn walks by and he gets incinerated by Ted. And this is where we actually find out that Ted is Man-Thing. And he's... Well, we saw that he was Man-Thing because Jack finds him right off. Because obviously Jack has the um, ability 
to track by scent, or that's what I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, that he, makes sense. He pretty much went right to him and said, "Just get out of here. I'm going to work on something for you." And then Man Thing comes in and grabs Leorn by the head and pretty much turns him to ash. Yeah, I don't remember if we knew going in that um, Jack knew Ted. I, I feel like it kind of mentioned something, hinted at it in the narration at the beginning. I don't remember I don't, for sure. I don't think it actually mentioned that, but the way that he was going about things was a little bit squirrely, so you kind of knew that something was up and that he was either friends or knew who was being tracked, and that was his whole purpose for being there. That that was what yeah. I thought. I loved, um, like, as he finds him and Ted kind of reaches out um, from behind some bushes, because at this point I don't think we've seen Ted yet. Mm-mm. Uh, We just see this like big creepy hand grabbing him and like at first it's like, oh no, he got, he got gone. (laughs) (laughs) End of the movie. Thanks guys. Yeah. But then they just like, they, he kind of laughs and he's like, Hey Ted. And it's like, just so cute. Like all their buddies. Yeah. I I loved um, what we got to see of their friendship. It was just really sweet. And so somehow after Ted takes care of Leorn. Elsa ends up in the mausoleum. And we don't really see how she ends up in there, but Jack walks in because somebody's walking by and inadvertently locks them both in the crypt. And I just loved the glowing tombstones that they had for the people. Mm-hmm. Because it was kind of like movie marquees. That had, like, the people's birth year and death year. And I was trying to see just when this was supposedly set. Because I think I actually saw one that was 1991 for a death year. But I could be wrong on Yeah, it kind of, like, as much as it has that old horror movie feel, like, it seems modern. Like, this isn't, um... Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I don't think we see any kind of cell phones or anything, but... No. Um, it feels like this is um, sometime in the last like 20 years. I don't think it really gives a good indication. But um, yeah, the scene where they're in the mausoleum, like I felt the same way. Like it's just visually really cool mm-hmm. to see that. And like it was fun to like try to make out names. I guess I could have paused it or taken screenshots yeah. or whatever. But um, I'm a casual viewer, so. Um, but yeah, like it just it looked really cool. And then at this point is where um, he's kind of like, you know, we could help each other. Like we don't have to kill each other. Yeah. And of course, like he's saying that because he knows, like he's friends with Ted. Um, he's trying to protect him, and he knows that he's a monster. And she doesn't know this yet. Mm-hmm. But I just like the little like agreement they come to. And then, like, it sets up the whole rest of the thing where you're like, okay, how's how's this going to play out now? Yeah. And so Elsa starts climbing up one one of the um, mausole- one of the crypts because of old crazy crazy Aunt Frances. I wrote that down. And so she breaks into her crypt, 
because Francis had this thing about, well, I'm going to be able to come back one day, and if I come back, then I'm going to need to be able to get out of here, because obviously she knew that they locked people in, or locked the bodies in for whatever reason. And so yeah. she had a set of keys in her crypt, so that way she could break out. Yeah. Elsa's just, like, casually robbing the grave, yeah. and, like, handing him stuff that she finds, and, like, here's a skull. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was funny. Like it didn't play it like it was funny, but it was yeah. funny. And so they get out, and Jack goes and tries his best to. I don't know if he tried if he had a bomb that he was trying to like blow a, a wall open with, and we had some humor with that because every time that he tried <laughs> to stick it, it would fall down, and. I mean, meanwhile, the bomb just keeps on ticking. Yeah. And you're, like, and, I, and, and, and you're like, is he going to get blown up? Or is is he going to get caught by people trying to help Ted escape? What's going to happen? And then suddenly he, like, wedges it between two rocks. And four seconds later, it blows up. Ted runs out. Everybody's happy except for Verusa. And the monster hunters who are denied their bloodstone. Yeah, I like when Elsa comes face to face with Ted. I, so I, I we didn't mention, but Jack like kind of warns her um, and gives her a heads up, like, "Hey, like I don't remember exactly what he says, but like he's <laughs> a cool dude. Like his name is Ted. Just greet him like an old friend, um, and you'll be fine. Like he won't hurt you." And so I love when she comes face to face with him and he turns around all scary. Like he's like about to like destroy her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she just says his name, Ted and his like, Oh my gosh. The animation of this monster mm -hmm. is so sweet. Cause his face goes from like ferocious to like a sweet little puppy dog. Mm -hmm. kind of face. Um, just how do you make something like that? So expressive. I don't know, but it was just sweet. She's like, that's a lovely name. <laughs> they have like a cute little kind of converse, like it's mostly one-sided conversation because Ted doesn't speak with words. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the, the bomb part was again, just like for what little humor they had in here when, when they went funny, they went very funny. Yeah. And so I, I we're backing up a little bit when Ted and Jack, first find each other once again it's a one-sided conversation but it ends with jack telling ted all you have to do is don't die and yeah. i'm like well yeah but it, it made me laugh out loud because you don't expect that but you kind of do because you don't want to see this big monster get killed by these gruesome people and so we go on and Ted gets out, Barusa gets mad, throws both Elsa and Jack into a cage. Oh yeah, and at this point I think is when we've they've have they been exposed? Has Jack been exposed as a monster yet? Jack ha or Ted has not been exposed as a monster, but something happened when he saw the bloodstone and so you knew something was off there. Oh, I think he like reach for it or grabbed it or something and it like repels him in a way yeah. like oh yeah okay there's he's a monster so 
um, yeah, they do put them in a cage together knowing um, that he's going to turn mm-hmm. and attack her at some point. And so he starts sniffing her, which makes for one of the weirdest parts of the ep- of the show. And he's like, well, I'm trying to remember you so that way when it does happen, you don't end up being part of my meal for tonight. Yeah, he's much. like... like He's telling her, like, keep eye contact. Um, he's, like, trying to make himself familiar with her so that mm-hmm. maybe she'll have... It's so funny. She's like, and does this work? And he's like, it worked once. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. So just, like, such subtle humor. Just cute. So Veruza comes in, and she just starts shoving the bloodstone in Jack's face. And I was actually really blown away by this part because they didn't do what you would expect for them to do and keep the camera focused on Jack during his transformation. Instead, you see it all in shadow. It, it is, it's the creepiest thing that you could see without actually seeing anything. Yeah. It is straight... It was pretty much straight from like one of the old werewolf. Yeah, because I... you don't you don't spend, and it kind of goes to the fact that you don't want to spend your entire budget on one huge transformation, and then everything else is going to be wonky and automaton like good old Ulysses. Yeah, like we pretty much like see just snippets of him mm-hmm. like struggling to transform. Um, it's, there's like a close-up of his eyes, and then the rest of it you see in shadow mm-hmm. and um, by the, like you're seeing it basically through the other people's eyes because it's focusing on Elsa's face and for a moment, Varus's face. But like you see this whole transformation um, is focused on Elsa and her reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, she plays it so well. Um, you know, I really hope that if this is like eligible for an Emmy or something next year, I hope that <laughs> I hope that like it has a chance because I mean, just based on this one scene and how well um, she acts that fear of watching this happen in front of her is mm-hmm. man is really good. So as he's transforming, you're getting to see him transform from Jack into the werewolf. And then once he's completely transformed, then the, sh- then the scene shifts back to him. No, does it actually? Or does he actually break out and kill some people because he broke out of the top? I can't, I can't yeah, remember that. He, like... We don't really see him fully as a werewolf. Not um, to start with. No, not for probably five or six minutes of him being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. We just see in shadows or like like a hand or paw, maybe? Um, <laughs> little bits and pieces. Um, but it's all in the dark and in the shadows. And like I said earlier, it's it feels very old school um like they saved their special effects budget but mm-hmm. um, it's mostly just um him in the dark there's a few like flashes of his face here and there 
um, it, it makes it scarier. It was very effective and, and exciting. So as as he comes out and becomes the actual werewolf, then he breaks out of the cage and starts doing what werewolves do when it's a full moon. They start destroying people, and this is where the mo- where the show could have been really gory and rated R, but because it was black and white, because you, you actually saw like blood splatters on the camera as he actually started eviscerating people, for lack of a better term. There's like the big fight scene when he first breaks out, and then he just goes on a total ramping. Mm-hmm. You don't really see anything. Um, this is like my favorite, where it doesn't show um really it doesn't, you don't really see him until he's like familiarizing him like he's going after elsa and then he like recognizes her and mm-hmm. backs off and goes after everyone else yeah. um and you just see the shadows blood splatters all over the place but not really seeing the violence mm-hmm. uh, it made it watchable for a big baby like me <laughs> um but it, man i don't know i don't have the like knowledge and movie terminology to know how to describe how good this is i mean the the amount of kills that was racked up probably in that five or six minutes was at least eight to ten which would make a pretty good horror movie nowadays because i've been listening to a podcast where they were talking about like Halloween and then the 1982 movie that no one really likes. And I think they said that had like 10 kills in the entire movie. This this was a 53-minute episode of Beauty, and it had more kills in that time. But for the most part, they were kept in the shadows, mm-hmm. so you didn't see them. But you had, like, the viscera or the black and white blood splatter across the screen. So you knew, oh, well, that guy just got got. So we won't be seeing him rise. And so it comes down to Elsa, Verusa, and Jack. Jack ends up getting the bloodstone applied back to him again. And then out of nowhere, Ted just comes back. Saves Elsa, saves Jack, incinerates Verusa, and then the next thing that you see is Elsa being greeted by the butler, I guess? I think so. He's like, just how fast his loyalty changes, like, he knows he could be hurt if he doesn't (laughs) go along with it. And he's like, ma'am, I am here to serve you in in any way that is possible. And she's like, well, just start by cleaning all this bleep up. And it's the only curse word in the entire show. And then she just sits down with the bloodstone and suddenly you start here somewhere over the rainbow and we have the magic change to color and everything's happy and rainbows because it's daytime. I love when she like first hits that chair and the color transition starts Mm. and you can... Just what a night they've had. You could just like see how tired she is. Yeah. Like, oh, I did it. Just like that, like exhausted satisfaction of knowing, like I accomplished what I came here to do. Yeah. 
And then we cut to Ted and Jack camping. <laughs> and just so cute. I love this. Like, their friendship is so sweet. Yeah, and so I think one of the one of the last lines of the show, if not the last line, was, "Well, I owe you sushi for saving my life," because you know that if Ted wouldn't have dropped in and dropped his nice man thing Paul on Verusa's head, we wouldn't have the the possibility of a werewolf by night two coming yeah. to Disney Plus in twenty twenty four or whenever, but. The way that they left this, they left it open for either one of these creatures, for lack of a better term, to actually show up in the MCU as part of the next level of the, or the next phase, I guess you would call it, of the MCU. Because the world is expanding every day. It seems like you're getting snippets of something new. Because I was actually watching... A the Spider-Man Far or No Way Home. That was the last Spider-Man that had all the all three of the Spider-Men in it, and it actually had Matt Murdock in it, Daredevil. Oh, I'm like I don't know who that is. Casual viewer. <laughs> well, yeah, and the only reason that I knew who he was was because he actually he wasn't in his Daredevil costume. He actually was sitting there as. Peter Parker's lawyer trying to tell him how to actually get out of things. And I'm like, that's going to come in and play somewhere else. And I really can't wait until it is 2050 and we're talking about Phase (laughs) 7 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (sighs) Because this kind of stuff actually makes me happy and makes me glad that I'm living in the time that I am. Because I can go back and watch... The old cheesy Disney shows, the old cheesy Disney movies that make people fall asleep on them, even if they are horrible. <laughs> like The Happiest Millionaire. Oh, man. Or those you Callaways. Probably, um, yeah, I like living in the future. Um, these, I don't know, it's just it's exciting to see how far things come and... Man, I don't know. This is so much better than than a lot of things we've talked about. So I'm glad that we took time out of like the normal schedule to cover it. Because, um, I mean, I would have watched it either way, but it makes it more yeah. fun to to watch it and then talk about it. Yeah, and as you can tell, since last week we covered Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus Part Two, Electric Boogaloo. And this week we're covering The Werewolf by Night. We will start sprinkling in new new releases as they come on if it's something that catches our eye. And if it doesn't, then it will be covered when we get to it in the timeline in 20 or 30 years or however <laughs> long it takes for us to get there. Oh and, I lo- and I just love saying that because it actually cause it makes Kyra laugh. Because we've well, covered, what, 15 years in basically one year since you come on? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and, well, and it's also just funny to think, like, I don't think we're, I don't, maybe I'm wrong. In 20 or 30 years, I will be, like, 60, <laughs> 70. Um, I, I can't imagine doing a podcast then, but... 
Well, <laughs> by that time we may have t- we may have turned the podcast over to our children and and rename it Be Kind Rewind the Next Generation. And so, but they'll be like, "What's rewind mean?" Yes, exactly. And that's why we that's why we have named it this. So, has, is there anything that needs to be picked up from the bloody viscera that was black and white that we didn't cover? Um, no, I think we did everything. Well, everything on my list. I'm just like I'm kind of laughing at my notes because I wrote them in real time on my first watch and it's like whoa violence oh my gosh whoa violence <laughs> didn't expect that <laughs> so, like, so glad it's in black and white <laughs> <laughs> all right well since this is a modern release we're not going to ask the three questions we're going to go ahead and cut this one a little bit shorter shorter than our last few podcasts have been or still creep creep it up on an hour as it. so um homework we always leave you with homework and sometimes it's good sometimes it's not so good this time we are going back to 1975 let me pull up my disney movie list we are actually going back to july the 1st of 1975 with the apple dumpling gang Yes, the one starring Tim Conway and Don Knotts as two bumbling criminals. So that is your assignment for next week, or actually for two weeks from now, because since we did since we did release this on the first week of the month, we're going to do the um, old school Saturday next week, and then come back in two weeks for the Apple Dumpling Gang. If y'all have watched this and agree with us. Or if there's something that we missed that you want for us to talk about, you can you can drop us a line at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We will read your email when we get it on a future episode. And we will stand back and say, oops, yeah, we missed that part. Or if you just want to say we love the show, we'd love to hear that too. So until we meet again... It is my credo to tell you to stay safe, stay hungry, and stay out of stone mazes when people are chasing you. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. This episode brought to you by Sugar-Free Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. Yeah, I wish. Wish we had a sponsor like that. Now none of us would be working.